everybody and welcome to the 84th episode of the most popular Nuggets podcast among mailmen, hairdressers and weightlifters, I'm guessing. Welcome to the DNVR Nuggets' Serbian Corner. My name is Mirostav Cuk and I have an awesome guest for this show, so let me first blab my usual three-minute rant out of the way. The week started with the All-Star game in Indianapolis and several all-time records were broken in one single game. First of all, never in the All-Star history, and not only that, never in basketball history, period, have we seen 101 missed three-point attempts in one game. Carl Anthony Towns joined the elite list of players who scored 50 points in a 25-point loss, and Luka Doncic recorded the slowest televised layup in the history of both television and basketball. After that, we got what felt to be the longest regular season break ever, and it finally ended when uh, the mighty Wizards came to town. It was the last team Nikola Jokic didn't mark in my triple-doubles per game ranking, and it was visible from the start that he knew of this stat. He almost had a triple-double in the first half. He was one assist short, but that was fixed early in the third and ended up in a triple-15 game. Yeah, that's the term I just made up. It was Nicolas' sixth triple-15 game of his career, and uh, that's two times more than how many guys like Magic Johnson and Jason Kidd have. Still, he has some work to do to catch the all-time leader in triple-15s, and that's Oscar Robertson with, you've guessed it, 15 such games. We also saw a great first scoring half from MPJ, and overall good games from Jamal, Aaron Gordon, Christian Brown, Peyton Watson, and even Zeke Nagy. Oh boy, I'm afraid to imagine what we would think about the Nuggets if they could play the Wizards four times per season, like some other teams. Just uh, 20-something hours later, the champs were already in Moda Center in Portland, listing off one of their last three back-to-back sets this season. And it was a perfect back-to-back to get back to game speed. Lousy Blazers had no chance against another triple-double from Nikola, although he missed another tri- triple-15 by one assist. MPJ recorded his second consecutive double-double while putting up his second 30-plus point game this season. He looks the best he looked like offensively in the last three seasons, I believe. But the show was stolen by our one of our two-way guys, Colin Gillespie, who had 18 points while hitting all of his four threes and being plus 23 in 24 minutes on the court. Okay, that is enough of me. Let's get to the actual show for today. My guest for today is a writer and digital content specialist for the Denver Nuggets. But aside from his great writing and film work, He's mostly known for being one of the most positive and optimistic persons in Nuggetsverse. Welcome to the Serbian Corner to Matt Brooks. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's, uh, I'm excited to do this. And uh, I, was, I was thrilled when you reached out. Um, this, this is like a cool thing for me to do. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to just kind of get to know everybody on the uh, Nuggets side of things. I'm still pretty new around here. So I'm excited for today. Yeah, we've seen some conversations on, on Twitter like, Matt, when are you going to appear on one of the podcasts? Your your coverage is so great. And then you had to show, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm actually coming to, to Serving on Saturday. So, <laughs> so that, that worked out perfectly. So before we get into uh, the stuff that you do, I, I just wanted to, to do a, a quick scan of the last two games we've seen. So let's open with those two games in the last 48 hours. We have to throw out the caveat of the champs playing against two rebuilding teams to use that nice euphemism. But the Nuggets really looked like a well-rested team ready to make that final regular season push. Uh, how important is this all-star break for the players, in your opinion, You know, before those games? Yeah, I mean, everybody looks rested is probably a good way to put it. Um, you know, and I think coming out of the break, you're playing two teams that are, what, 15 wins and nine wins. Um, that's definitely not a bad way to go into your final 27 games. Um, but what you want to see when you play a team that does have a losing record is you want them to take care of business, right? Like, you you don't want to make this one of these games where, 
oh, it goes down to crunch time and we have to play Nicola and Jamal and go to the two-man game. Like, they took care of business. I honestly think, like, every single player that they've played has looked good or had good moments. I mean, like, from Zeke to Colin to Christian had a double-double. Uh, Peyton had three blocks in the third quarter against the Wizards. Like, you really got to see a good stretch or or just good play overall from every single guy. They took care of business. They're up 20 in both games. Um, it, it's just what you want to see. Um, and, and it makes me feel, like, really good about the Nuggets closing out the season strong, ideally getting a really good seed, but most of all just playing their best basketball as they head into the playoffs. The Wizards are – just to explain how bad the Wizards are – they have one win more than the Detroit Pistons, who were in the contention for the worst regular season in, in NBA history. So <laughs> yeah. it is what yeah. it is. But I agree with you. Uh, even Zeke Nagy, who had the most critics from the Nuggets fans during this season for his play, I, I famously said that, <laughs> famously, that I feel like he. Uh, wasn't in control for most of the season when he was on the court. He was looking over his shoulder, you know, uh, trying to, to to be sure that he will not make any errors uh, on the court. And that always, you know, uh, brings a lot of tension to a player and, and actually can cause can cause mistakes. But he looked awesome in, in, in the in the Washington game, which is which is what we uh, all of us really wanted to see and, and feel really good about it. Yeah, I really I dated back to like mid February where he's looked really good because he had that good game against the Kings too right before the break, and it's always nice when a guy can like have rhythm and then take a week off and pick up where he left off because yeah, I don't know like I think a lot of them yeah they had that three game losing streak heading into the break but I don't think they were thinking about it as they're coming out of the break I think they're just for like I mean Jamal I think literally said oh, that was a week ago like I'm I'm not thinking about that anymore so it's been nice to see Zeke play that way he just yeah I, I think the way you put it is really good he looks very poised um defensively he's been really good but it's his control on offense that looks good to me he doesn't look rushed he's making smart plays he had that uh I think it was the I think this was yesterday right where somebody took a shot and he caught the rebound all in one motion and went back up with it it's like one of the best plays I've seen from him this year that's all he needs to do is just um you know make simple plays like that and just play you know, poised and calm, I think is probably the best way to put it. Yeah, I, I always make this this kind of a, a logical error when I start the shows. I always start with the like end of bench guys and always forget <laughs> to talk about the big guy for some reason. So uh, I'm going to make a, a concentrated effort now to to speak about the, the big guys. So before the, the All-Star break, Nikola had a five consecutive non-triple-double games by far the longest drought this season. And I kind of started contemplating making a list of players with real case of having a better season than him so far. But when you see him dissecting the other team when his guys are hitting the, their shots at a good rate and that opens up lanes for tougher passes, it looks like it's his league again. Am I overreacting after two easy wins against bad competition or did Nicola just remind us how how incredible he he can be. What I liked is that he said after the Wizards game because somebody asked him like, "Oh, are you feeling rested?" and he just goes, "No, no, I'm not feeling rested." <laughs> and it's like this is what Nikola Jokic can do when he's not rested is just have back to back triple doubles. Like you never worry about Nikola. Like you just never do. You never do. It's okay. He's tired. Uh, they played whatever uh, he played all-star game and then he's going to play three games in four nights. That's fine. He's going to put up a triple double and miss like two shots while doing it. It's he's miraculous. I, it's uh it's been a really good reminder and his passing has just been so good for the last month. There's just been so many uh, highlight plays he's made. I mean, he had the, the behind the back to AG, the full court touchdown pass, I think also to AG. He's been just unbelievable. Um, and, and I think he's done a really good job of like balancing how much he needs to pass and score. And I think you see that with how many guys have played well alongside him. Yeah, I, I the, the full disclosure, I didn't watch either of these two games live. I watched them tomorrow morning, you know, in, in a normal time in Serbia. And 
I have to be. It's it's strange. You you feel like yeah, two easy wins against bad competition. But then when you watch Nicola and see all of those highlight moves, I I find myself taking a lot of time to to watch the actual games because I'm I'm returning. You know the 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 frames back yeah. uh, a lot of time. It, it's just crazy. It's just he was try, trying out shit like 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 passes behind his back stuff like that. It's just. It, he, he, you could see he was feeling himself, and uh, and it's 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 a really really great thing to to see from him. But <clears throat> the other guy that looked amazing in these two games is MPJ. So mm-hmm. he is crashing the boards, and that warms my heart. But he's also feeling himself, taking some tough uh, sidestep shots, and he's really good at those. Michael really is a, an X factor in this team. They're six and two when he scores. 25 or more that's a 62 win pace on a small volume to be fair was he the guy that benefited from rest the most after playing the most games of all the nuggets this season yeah it seems like it i thought jamal was really good too um in the in the game that first game i thought he just had he was just moving well he's like getting downhill getting to the rim uh posting up tyus jones a couple times so i thought he was really good but yeah mike's looked great um, I, I have liked how much they've let him run the offense. And by that, I mean, like he'll come off a handoff with Nicola and he's done like really well in those settings. He's, he had a couple plays against Washington where he'd run something with Nicola and he'd actually have two defenders jump out to him because he was shooting so well. And he made the, you know, it looks like an easy pass, but you know, you still have to make the read and not shoot it yourself. And he made that pass to Nicola. I thought beyond just like the shots that he's hitting, I think his passing's been really good. His pace has been great. Um he's really stood out and and I yeah, I mean the the shot making has been awesome. It it's I'm like shocked when he misses right now. <laughs> My favorite treat of his is how much of a of a team guy he is, how selfless he is, how he is so so excited to talk about the other guys on the team and how great they are for the team and that's that's a that's something that you don't see from the super talented guys too often like they they want to to uh, be on their brand and not not the the other guys brand so so that that was a huge uh, uh, positive revelation for me you know watching him for all of these seasons uh, on the Nuggets, and and you can really see him maturing as a as a person as well. Do yes. you agree? Yeah, I mean, even since I've been here, and that's been since March, uh, he's just like, I, yeah, I feel like he's even matured in that time. He's um he's remarkable to me because you know this guy's like a number one recruit. He's one of the best high school players ever, and a lot of times for the Nuggets, he's like third in the pecking order, and he's spotting up away from the ball. He's not a guy that has the ball in his hands a ton. I think the last two games has been like a really good reminder of like, no, that like he's able to do stuff. If you put the ball in his hands, he just doesn't get the opportunity to do it that much, but you never hear him complain ever. Um, He's a great teammate. He's, you know, always, he had that last night he had a, during his presser uh, with Scott Hastings, he was talking about, you can like see his face light up uh, talking about Collins game. He's just like, he does not get enough credit to me at all for, how good of a teammate he is and how selfless he is. Yeah, so we have a question here about or comment about Colin, and that was actually my next question is, I just have to ask you about the Colin Gillespie, Jalen Pickett dynamic. It's not really a big topic since we are talking about uh, two guys who should be the third string, who should be the third string point guard this season. But Michael Malone seems to really like and trust Colin and he absolutely responded with a great game last night. What is your read on this since Calvin Boots obviously traded a pick to get the chance to draft Jalen and give him the long-term deal? And, and now we see Colin getting uh, all of those minutes, you know, when Jamal is out. Yeah, I think what's really good about Colin is, he, A, he is a really good shooter, like A, A-plus shooter, and that just helps next to Nicola or anybody but he is a really good shooter. Um, he's somebody that gets off the ball early and moves. And I think that stuff is also obviously really good next to Nicola. So you saw that a couple times yesterday. 
he'd take the ball up and quickly get it to Nicole at the elbow and then just go right to the rim, right to the rim. He'd either like go and fake, like he's setting a screen and slip to the rim or not even do that and just get it to the rim. And um, I, I think that stuff really shines next to Nicola. Uh, when you talk about Jalen, Jalen's tricky because I think to me, whenever I watch him play, I feel like he's still acclimating to playing with Nicola in that you He's, he's a slower player, which is fine. You don't need to be like a speed demon to play with Nicola. But what you do need to do is like make decisions really quickly, get off the ball quickly and move. And I think that part is, you know, is is still coming for him. And that and part of that is, you know, I mean, you guys made up the term, I'm pretty sure, uh, with booty ball, right? Like no. that, that style of play that he has where he's turning his body around and he's trying to get guys on his backside, it works for him. But what it also means is it's taking time off the shot clock. It's taking more time to get into the offense. And when you play with Nicola, you want to get into stuff really quickly and move so he can take his time and dissect things and then make the best possible play. Yeah, we have one more question uh, for this segment uh, from Gabriel Greer. It's a pretty random one, but I, I told to people that they can uh, prepare their questions for you. And uh, the question is, what does Sabonis and the Kings have on the Nugs? Sacramento is dominating Denver. What is the issue? Uh, back In to back. <laughs> they played them twice. <laughs> they played them twice on back to backs. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I those games have been those games have been weird because two of them were on back to backs, right? And then the last one was the game right before the break, where I'm gonna go ahead and say everybody was pretty ready to get to the break. Uh those are some sleepy pressers. It was just like everybody was ready to go. And I get it. I mean, I think everybody's ready for vacation. You obviously didn't want to come into the break on a loss, but I I, I haven't been putting a ton of stock into those. Um, I, I I think the Nuggets will be fine in that matchup, personally. Yeah, and it, it, what's funny is we have a theory about the the team just trolling Michael Malone because he used to be the head coach of Sacramento Kings and he takes those games to heart and the team just flops every time. They have a horrible record against Sacramento during these nine nine years. Like a much worse version of, of Sacramento Kings uh, got a lot of wins against the Nuggets. So it That's it funny. is what it is. It's it's kind of it's kind of trolly and kind of funny. Okay, let's uh, take our first uh, short break and then we'll return with some. Uh, interview stuff. Don't go anywhere. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, it is time to get to know Matt a bit better. So let's start with the basics. What does the title writer and digital content specialist mean when working for the NBA franchise? My primary duties are writing. Um, so any game preview, game recap stuff, uh, feature stuff. I go to practice. I want to write something up. I think the digital content specialist is just, I will do, and I, this is something I've done before I took uh, the Nuggets job, is I like to put together like YouTube breakdowns. Um, I've started doing a little more TikTok stuff. So I think that's the digital content specialist. Also do like, you know, like podcasting stuff, stuff like this. Uh, you know, and anything that comes along with that. So I'm not just like a pure beat writer. I don't think there's many, I mean, I guess there's jobs like that still left over, but a lot of these jobs are kind of going that way where you want to be multifaceted and be able to do different things, do podcasts, put together breakdowns. And I think that's kind of what the, the digital specialist refers to. Okay. So where are you originally from and how did you, your career look like before working on the Nuggets? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm from California originally um, and uh, graduated school with a psychology degree, did sales for two years. And I started writing on the side, um, I think, during my second year out of school. Um, and then I, I knew just from writing, like just doing as a hobby, I was like, well, I really want to 
what do I can do with this work wise? Which was like, in in hindsight, was a crazy thing to do because it's like such a it is such a brutal and co- competitive industry. But me, I'm like 23. I I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not aware of how competitive it is. So um, yeah, I, I had the opportunity to live out in New York and did that. Um, and and kind of took my first gig out there. It was doing like social media stuff, and then um, from there got a blogging gig and continued to work my way up. Got credentialed with the Nets. Uh, what was that like four years ago? I think four or five years ago. Um, and then started working from there, and um, and then kind of networked and met people, and eventually uh, that kind of got me out here in Denver. So. Uh, it's just a you know kind of a that started from the bottom type of story and and work my way up. Yeah. So, <clears throat> would you mind explaining what does your day to day work look like, or day to night? Yeah. Uh, let's see. I mean, it's probably not that different from anybody that covers the team. Honestly, like I'll have meetings in the morning. If you guys want to know about that, uh, and then um, if there's a practice, I'll have that, and then. Uh, game time at night, I'll have to do a preview in the morning and then I'll do a game re- uh, cap at night. And then everything that I'm doing in between a lot of times is on my own time. So I'm doing a story right now, um, kind of a little bit about the, the trade deadline and just sort of like the view of the team right now. And uh, that's something that I've been working on kind of between games and stuff like that. So it's, it's, I'm not doing anything crazy. I'm not, you know, going on big meetings with the heads of whatever, like I, I'm, I'm a beat reporter. I'm there at games and I'm there at practice. Um, you, you mentioned something really interesting to me, but but I'll I'll come back to that. Uh, okay. <laughs> what a, what a, <laughs> uh, so, how close can you get to the coaching staff and and to the players aside from pressers? And who are the easiest guys on both the coaching staff and among players to to work with? Um. Yeah, I mean, I think you can get to know people. I definitely feel like working for a team has allowed me to like talk to people that I probably wouldn't be able to talk to in Brooklyn, for example. Um, but you know, I think all of that comes with time and just people getting used to you and knowing you. I mean, uh, there you you guys have been covering the team for a long time, right? And you guys have relationships with people, um, so that's something I'm still kind of working on. To be completely candid, is like. Getting to know people. I'm still really new. I've only been here since March. And I just appeared one day in uh in Michael Malone's presser. I was just in the crowd one day uh asking questions. And I so I that is I think you can. It's like anything. Um, you know, it doesn't matter who you work for, whether you're with the team or elsewhere. Um, at the end of the day, it's you're still being a human being talking to another human being, and they've got to get to know you that way. So yeah, I think it all depends on how you gel with people. People have great questions here. Do you travel uh, to all or any of the road games? And not, it's not really a thing in the regular season, right? For you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't during the regular season. Uh, did last year's playoffs, and assuming I will this year. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm not doing it during the regular season, which is fine. I'm cool with it. I, <laughs> I like Denver. I'm still new here, so uh, it's been cool to be able to see the city. It's it's hard to explain how perfect was your timing for coming uh, to 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 work in, on the Denver Nuggets <laughs> yeah. since, because yeah. you came there and like three months later they won the first championship in like 50 years of of team history. So, uh, what were your impressions from the moment the Nuggets won Game Five against the Heat all the way to the championship parade? Uh, first impressions, I was probably really stressed, I think, because I had to do like two articles. Uh, but once I like got my work done, because I, I was like, I just want to I want to get this done because I know it's at this point we're just we're we're into the celebration period. Uh, once once I was like um, done, done, it really started to hit. You know, you're walking through the halls. People are celebrating uh, was in the locker room for a second. And then even on the way out, uh, I ran into zach lowe who was like somebody i knew from uh brooklyn and it was cool like he was somebody i i read like zach's like the reason i got into doing uh sports writing and everything like that um and i ran into i just happened to run into him in the hall i didn't you know I, i think i'd seen him at game two but i didn't even know he was in town for game five and zach was like you know basically like wow you've had a good year huh like because he saw me in brooklyn that season uh before that team blew up into a billion pieces so it was kind of a surreal like storybook 
ending for me personally. I mean, I know the city obviously feels that times a thousand, but for me, it was just a cool, nice, rewarding thing. Um, coming in and covering the team in March and being so new uh, was definitely like an adjustment for me, but for it to kind of pay off with something that I'd never experienced, which was being there for a finals and then seeing the team that I now work for win was like, I don't know, like I still, it still hasn't fully uh, hit me. I think almost. So how do you cover the, the parade after it's, it's done? So I, I was obviously in Serbia uh, far away from that. So I had two TVs on with two different, you know, Denver TV stations doing the live, the live stream of the, of the parade. And it was overwhelming yeah. for me, even from that far away. But did you have to, you know, did you have, did you do some, some stuff about the parade uh, on the nuggets.com? afterwards yeah i did i think i did an article it was hard though because like <laughs> i couldn't use a lot of it <laughs> i can't print certain things on the website <laughs> and there was <laughs> i was like i'll say that was a pg-13 uh celebration <laughs> like every print like every single celebration so it was a lot of like going through the interviews and or whatever like uh i guess like the guys being on stage and Uh, figuring out what I could use. It was, I remember it being a pretty short article the next day, but uh, yeah, I wrote something. I wrote about, uh, you, you know, Yoke's famous, um, you know, I, I want to be on, you know, the fucking parade. Like uh, he was, that was great. I thought so. Um, that, but beyond that, yeah, it was just kind of, it was pretty light. It, they were just really excited. So. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent time. Okay. Let's, let's take one more short break and then we'll continue a bit more on on your uh, uh, everyday job don't go anywhere okay we are back and this is probably the toughest thing i'm going to ask you because i'm not sure how much you can share so do you have a favorite anecdote from working with the nuggets you want <laughs> and you're allowed to share with the audience favorite anecdote uh Favorite anecdote. Ooh, I did this one. This was the one of the ones I was hoping I'd have something for because we talked about doing this. Yeah, I don't really know if I have anything that crazy. Like this week was fun because Reggie was running up. He literally like, so this is the all-star break, right? And Reggie's the last presser that we get. I, this is not like my favorite. This was just one that I thought was really funny. And this is when I knew the team was going to come out of the break really feeling good. Um, I'm in a little early. Oh, actually, oh, let me track back. So before the break, Reggie was like the last presser um, after the Kings game. And I think it was me or somebody else asked him like, oh, what are you doing from the break? And he just goes, sleep. I'm going to sleep. And then let's fast forward to the Wizards game a week later. I come in a little early because I was working on something. And um, – Sure enough, I see Reggie Jackson like decked out in the new uh, Nuggets. I don't know if you've seen like the new, um, the, the like retro sweatshirt that that Nicola was wearing yeah. as a kid. Yeah. Uh, so he's wearing that head to toe, and he is just running up the halls singing. <laughs> and I was like, oh, all right. So I guess they enjoyed the break. Like he really did sleep the whole time. So I thought that was great. Um, any of the stuff in the locker room was really cool after, just because. I never had that. I think as like a journalist, you have like your things you want to achieve in your career, your vision board, if you will. Um, that was not on there. A, a championship celebration, a locker room was not something I thought would happen. So that that was pretty cool for me, but I don't have any like really crazy stories. Uh, those I think were the two, but that, that locker room was crazy for me. By the way, I have a comment on the, the retro sweatshirt that uh, Altitude Authentics just, just put out. It's great. It looks really good. It's just the letters are yellow like they should be on the Nuggets old logo. And the knockout, knockoff version that young Nicola was wearing had the red letters because it's a very cheap knock knockoff from Romania or whatever <laughs> it was made. So it's not it's not one hundred percent up to the original, but but yeah, I guess I guess they wanted to for it to uh, really look like a like a retro nuggets nuggets sweatshirt. Okay, so <clears throat> who do you like to work next to the least and why is it Brandon Wout? <laughs> 
I'm just. I think kidding. I was. Brennan, Brennan was like the first person I met. He really was. He came up to me like first presser. I'm so nervous at this thing. I like don't know what's going on. I was in New York like a week ago, and he comes up. He's like, "Hey, dude, what's your name?" Like super nice. So, uh, he, yeah, I, I love Brendan. Um, <laughs> I, how many I, uh, guys like do, one of the do you? I met. How many guys or and girls you have right now on on? you know normal pressers during during the regular season uh, and is it more comparing to to last year when you just came to the town yeah it feels like it feels like a little feels like a little more uh depends on the game right like the the big games like if you're playing golden state like those are pretty filled out i mean those even if it's not a national tv game you're looking at like 20 I'm so bad at counting, honestly. Like, I'm so bad at making estimations. <laughs> I'm terrible at this stuff. I would say, and keep this in mind, grain of salt, I am so bad at stuff like this. I would say 25-ish to 40 is probably, like, on the high end. And then normally you're looking at, like, 15 to 20. So it's a good amount. It's it's definitely bigger than um, my last year in Brooklyn. We, we were pretty diminished there in terms of media numbers there's much more out here so i mean this might might be a bit controversial but is there any camaraderie between the 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 people coming to the pressers like if somebody has a, a bad audio of the presser they will ask for the other guys you oh, know to, yeah. to give oh, yeah. Them, yeah stuff like that for sure for sure um i've definitely asked people for hey this didn't come out right uh on my end on my recorder so it's cool i mean we all just like hang out before and after when we're waiting for guys to get on the podium we hang out and kind of talk about the game it's we're all like we're obviously all huge basketball fans so we're talking about zeke naji's performance off the bench like what we just did to start this podcast is exactly what we're doing in the uh in the media rooms so it's fun and, it's, and, it's great i mean we're all hoops fans Sometimes it, it takes a lot a lot of time to to wait for 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 the guys after the the game is over and yeah yeah for sure before yeah i definitely definitely after um i know there's a group of them that like to lift after the game which is crazy to me i don't know how they do that (laughs) i don't i don't want to go work out no game so (laughs) i i can't imagine uh lifting after the game but yeah that that'll take up a little bit of time they'll get treatment and stuff like that so uh it, it definitely it takes a second but that's when i do my writing so i'm cool with it Oh yeah, that, yeah. That you can put that time into into good use, and uh, yeah. you can also thank Nikola Jokic for coming earlier from the uh, after game to the after game pressers than he used to. Something he changed something in his regime after games. He he seems to come to the podium much much quicker than before. I think it was because of his eye. I think it was because getting oh. poked in the eye. There was something that he was doing in his treatment that he couldn't do, or or some. That's I believe that's what I heard. So he was coming in a little bit earlier uh, from pressers. So is he back to normal, like <laughs> an hour of waiting? Who spoke? Um, gosh, I don't even remember on against Washington. Yeah, I think he spoke. He was back to his like normal time schedule. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, <laughs> it was a fun week, is. though. It was good while it lasted. <laughs> Oh, uh, one more thing I wanted to ask you about your job. How do you select yeah. the the clips you want to work on and and stories you write about? You know, apart from the from the recaps and the and the and the game uh, uh, previews. Yeah, for sure. That's a great. That's a great question. Um, I think the beauty of this job is like I have a lot of freedom within it, which I didn't, honestly I didn't know what that was going to be like. You're working for it. I never worked for a team before this. So um, a ton of credit to the Nuggets. Like they definitely let me pick my stories and what I think is interesting, whether that's, Hey, I want to go do a film study of here's the key plays from the win against the Lakers from a couple weeks ago. Or, um, you know, if I'm doing like a sit down with somebody, if I'm sitting down with Peyton Watson, right? Like they're totally like plan out the interview ask what you want, put it together. We're going to create graphics for social it for quotes and stuff like that. And we're going to get that out. So uh, really it's whatever interests me. I mean, and I, I am somebody that watches games very closely. If people don't know, I uh, tweet out clips all throughout the game um, just of things, cool plays that I think are interesting. 
Um, and then from there, I think that kind of like informs whatever story I want to write that week. Or it can just literally be like, oh, I went to practice today and there was like a lot of discussion about the one seed. I should probably write something about that. So I, I think the, sto the stories generally are informed by the season. Like the season tells you what you should be writing that week. It's cool that, that you have a proper internet connection to do those things live while the game is, is on and you're in the arena. Because I had this yeah. experience in Belgrade Arena. Uh, when was it? It was a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, when the guys from the DNVR came to Belgrade and we all watched together the, the okay. Serbia versus Greece game for in the in the World mm. Cup qualifiers. And and it was just a nightmare because there's no internet in, in the arena at all. Like either okay. mobile or Wi-Fi. It just doesn't work because it's too many people there. So it's cool to to hear that somebody can actually do their job, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> well, it works. In, in this, it works. In this day and, and age. Okay. <laughs> we'll we'll take uh, our last uh, short break and then we'll go into the into into the unknown some really random questions i've prepared from you for you and also from the from the audience in the chat don't go anywhere okay i want to start with a question i saw from cedric exquisite he asked can we get over 54 wins here guys so the nuggets now have 38 wins and have 25 more games so that would mean i'm so bad at math i'm usually not I'm doing not i'm doing the time. exact same thing right now <laughs> <laughs> i'm doing the exact same thing so that's 16 wins in 25 so can they, they go better than 16 and 9 indeed did i did that did i do that math right 16 and God damn it, it's not right. What did you say? He said more than 55? Or I'm sorry, more than, more than 54? 54, yeah. Oh, 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 this is a lot of math. All right, let's let's see here. <laughs> this is good podcasting, right? When you have to look stuff up. Yeah, we're, we're completely 17? prepared. Yeah. Okay, 17. so 17 more out of 25. So that's 17 and 8. That sounds manageable, Am I right? Doing that right? Yeah, they have. So the uh, we'll have an answer to this question very quickly. Because the next six games for the Nuggets are pretty tricky. Um, they play Golden State on Sunday, then a break, then a home-and-home home against Sacramento. Can they beat the fabled Sacramento Kings? Um, and then the next night they play Miami. And then they fly to the, uh, Los Angeles to play the Lakers on Saturday. Then they come back to Denver for the Suns. And then um, uh, two days later, they play the Celtics. So that's presumably what that's what six above 500 teams in a row. Are the Lakers above 500 right now? They feel like they should be. Regardless, yeah. um, that's like a, the stretch that I think to me, I look at that and I go, all right, we're going to, we're going to know pretty quickly. Is this going to be that above 54 win season or um, are we looking something below that? Cause right now the, the Timberwolves, even after the loss on uh, yesterday to the, the Bucks, they are on a 57 win pace. So you got to be in that like 55, 56 ish win pace. I think to me, if you want to be in that one or two seed this year in the West, I think that's what you're shooting for. Yeah. I'm, I'm no Harrison win, so I cannot break any, any wind, wind chimes, but what <laughs> I can tell you that one of the people that is close to one of the, the players on the team thinks that, the Nuggets can go in these last 27 games, you know, after the break, something like 21 and six, which is pretty, pretty amazing, and 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 also also pretty, pretty. I don't know if it's realistic, but it's it's something that you cannot take off the table for sure. Okay, another question from Gabriel Greer. I hope I pronounced that right. I can't help but imagine the Luka Jokic Nuggets in two years. It would be like Magic Kareem. Six or seven rings. Now, uh, this is a very popular team. Everybody talks about it because Luka and, and Jokic are great friends. Uh, I, I actually believe that Nikola looks at Luka as his younger brother. He only has mm. older brothers. And, and it's, it's cool to have a younger brother too. But realistically speaking, it's not something that I don't think something that can happen before Luka signs another Supermax 
with Dallas and maybe after that or something like that. Or maybe he just doesn't sign a contract and then you do a sign and trade. It's really yeah. difficult to to make the math math work. But do you feel like like a basketball fan that would be the amazing fit everybody everybody thinks it would be? I think it would take an adjustment because Luca's primarily played with a center. Like you look at the guy they have this year, Derek Lively, um, the rookie they took this year. Like that's kind of the perfect fit for him is this like, you know, lob catching center dynamic athlete plays in the pick and roll. That said, I think playing with Nicola is the easiest thing on the planet. I mean, obviously it would be good, but like it is so easy to play with him. And I'd expect them, they're both like just genius players. They'd f- figure it out. It's like one of those things where, yeah, you can sit there, you could say like, oh, well, maybe, you know, maybe Luca wants a guy that's going to like catch lobs and all this stuff and blah, blah, blah. All right. At the end of the day, like these are really smart players and smart players always figure it out. They do. Like that's really 90% of the time. That's how it works. Yeah, I, I agree with that completely. It's not the perfect fit, but you know, when you have such transcendent, uh, superstars it's it's they're, they're gonna figure stuff out and especially because they can they can speak to to one another in their secret foreign language <laughs> right well you look at like you know was lebron and Dwayne wade like the perfect fit not really actually i don't think they fit very well guess what they won two championships together like they when you have great players and that was with uh at the end of kind of Dwayne wade's career uh or when things his body started to break down a little bit um that even then that team was outstanding because of how good those two guys were okay time for super random questions so okay first one maybe not as 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 random can we can you name me some of your favorite players to watch not on the nuggets yeah uh so this year who was i watching i was watching these are like really random names uh first couple months i was watching Weirdly enough, I was watching a lot of LaMelo um, and I was watching a lot of Halliburton. I really like like uh, point guards that are really good passers. Um, I When I was growing up, I had two guys I really liked to watch. And one of them was Kevin Garnett. The other one was Steve Nash. I loved, loved Steve Nash as a kid. Just loved Steve Nash. So I always find myself gravitating towards these pass-first kind of old-school point guards um, that are exciting in that way. So I like those two guys a lot. I find I love Wemby. I just, I'm I'm like all in on the hype. I love Wemby watching him. I think he's just like it's one of those guys you just uh I don't know, you've never seen anything like him. Um and I think those are the main ones. Oh, and I like watching OKC a lot. Their team's really fun. I love um Shea's really fun to watch, but I love Jalen Williams. I just think he's like a really good player that um pops every time i watch him so those are a couple of them but i'm pretty locked in with nugget stuff i've, I've always kind of been that way when i'm covering a team i focus 90 of my energy on them um and when i'm not watching basketball for work i'm not really watching that much basketball because i want to break so <laughs> that's how it works a lot of the time it's not healthy i tried trust me when i first got into sports writing I would watch basketball like from sun up to sundown and it would get to like game 60 and I'd be so burned out because I watched some random, you know, game between the Pacers and the Wizards the night before because I just wanted to watch basketball. And so I've learned to like give myself breaks. You got to do that. It's it's look, we love watching basketball. It's what we like to do, but you got to do other things in life as well. <laughs> Yeah, when you spend so much time watching the footage, it might be bad for your eyes to watch the color of the, of the hardwood for so long. Yes. Like, try switching, like, go green. Like, I, I, I've heard yeah. that green is really healthy for your for your eyes. So, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Okay, NBA rules, both in-game and in-season, that you would like to tweak, Ooh. if you could. Oh, I love this. Oh, I love this question. Uh, yeah, I remember seeing you, show, you. I saw this question uh, when we were kind of going for the show. Um, I, I the shooting foul rules. The, all right, so the one I can't stand is when a guy just drives into the defender and bounces off and falls over, and it's a foul on the defender, even though he's got his hands raised high, like he's in legal guarding position. 
they that rule needs to be changed. I bet you I would I would assume that's gonna be it's it's really sounds like there's gonna be some rule changes this summer. Um I think that one to me would be like the biggest one. I just some of the shooting fouls, I don't understand. They're called inconsistently, and it just feels like we need like a really concrete set of rules um for when a player specifically like goes into the defender's body. That I, that stuff just needs to be fixed to me, and I, I really think it'll make the product a better watch. We'll have less time, um, you know, reviewing fouls or less time shooting free throws. There's no downside to me. Like, all right, maybe we have a couple fewer guys averaging 30 points a game. I think we can all agree. Like, there's enough offense. Like, we get it. Everybody can score. <laughs> yeah, one more thing I would love to limit offenses just a bit with is just completely removing the defensive three seconds rule because that's a Good, gimmick. Yes. That's not that's not the real basketball rule. It doesn't exist anywhere outside of the NBA. And it's a gimmick to make the defense impossible. Like, you're making guys step away from their natural position, defensive position, so they can obey the rule. And and you can see yeah. Nikola Jokic exploiting that rule a lot. Like, if he plays against against the Yusuf Nurkic, he will just yeah. take him into the position and just waits one, two, three. Okay, now he's moved and now I can do a right, clean right, right. layup. Right. That's not basketball. That's that's just that's just dumb. And I, I, I think even if they would remove the rule, you would still get probably one 115 points uh, per game. That's that's enough. Like I, I, I don't yeah, want sure. to watch 200 or 380 what uh, points there was in the all-star game let's let, let just let let guys play some defense for for change i mean they're so good at defense that's the thing like these guys are yeah. animals these guys are the most physically prepared group of uh, basketball players in the history but the rules are just just making their their jobs impossible when you when you think about how hard it is to get a wide open three pointer nowadays because everybody can shoot and everybody is is ready to cover all that ground but they still find a way to do it it's, it's just amazing what what, what level of athletes uh, today's basketball players in the nba are and uh, let's let's just let them compete in, in a fair game okay uh give me your favorite teams and nba players you've oh, you already mentioned players but teams mm. you you've liked growing up Oh, okay. That's a good question. Um, yeah, my dad's from Minnesota, so I watched Timberwolves a lot uh, as a kid, and I watched the Suns. I think a good amount as well. That they were pretty good when I was a kid. But those are the two um, that I really watched. I'm. It's weird. I'm from um, like San Francisco area. Never was a Warriors fan. Never, never got into good it. For you. I, I, yeah, I just I actually really don't like the team. Um, so I I uh I I definitely I'm I'm locked in for Sunday for sure. Yeah, I never I was never a Warriors fan. I don't know. I don't know why. Um pretty much everybody I know from home is, but I, I never was a big fan like that. Um but yeah, those those two teams for sure, Minnesota and Phoenix growing up. But once I started working in the NBA, it's it's kind of, I stopped being a fan of any team. Uh, not even because like I felt like as a journalist, it wasn't, you know, I needed to not be biased. No, I was just literally like I was covering the nets and that was who I watched. And I knew because I'm only watching one team for work, I'm probably not going to watch any other teams like a diehard or anything like that. And like, how are you a fan of something? If you're not watching them, I, I would say actually now really I'm, I'm a nuggets fan. Like I've really become a fan of the team. Um, because they're just likable. And that's that's pretty unique for me um, to, to cover a team for work and, like, find myself rooting for them. But I don't know. The team's just, like, really likable, and um, they have guys that are fun to watch. It's, like, kind of tough not to be a fan of them. The American stories, uh, origin stories are so funny to me. Like your father is from Minnesota <laughs> and then you moved to to Bay Area and then you moved to, to Brooklyn and then you moved to Denver. And it's like so many miles in between. It's, it's just... <laughs> <laughs> it's just something we don't do in Europe that often, but yeah. but I guess yeah. I guess it is what it is. Okay, give me your favorite TV show, recent and all time. Oh man, 
favorite TV show. I didn't, you are putting me on the spot. Favorite TV show. My goodness. Uh, I watch the worst TV. Like I, I like watch reality TV like wholeheartedly. I'm not even, yeah, this is what I watch. So what was I watching right now? Uh, I'm watching, uh, I'm watching Love Island with my girlfriend right now. Uh, and then favorite show. I was talking to my friends about uh, Jersey Shore this week. <laughs> uh, so that's what I probably watch. A real answer. Uh, favorite show ever. Favorite show ever. Um, I don't know. Euphoria is really good. I watched that for the first time recently. I'm really not like a big TV fan, to be honest with you. But yeah, I, I, when I do watch TV, it's like the worst turn your brain off. My brain is <laughs> melting because this is so bad. <laughs> Decompress from work stuff, yeah. Yeah, it's really yeah, bad. and it's it's, like also, it's not it's not very healthy to watch to watch the screens for fifteen hours per day. But I guess that's what most of us are are, are doing nowadays. Yeah. Uh, last <laughs> last question because I'm a huge uh, fan of comedy as an art form. So, do you know what's your favorite comedy movie or comedy movies of all times? So I like. Can I answer with stand up? Of course. Like stand-up comedy? Okay, cool. Uh, I just saw a guy, Joey Avery, who I came across on YouTube. Um, he was in Denver. I Like, that's something I do. I, I actually don't watch a ton of TV. I'll, like, click through comedians and stuff like that on YouTube. Like, I really – part of that was living in New York. I was pretty blessed to, like, watch awesome comedy all the time. Uh, but, yeah, I just saw this guy, Joey Avery. I totally recommend him. Um, he was in Denver – playing at i'm not even sure what the club was called but yeah i went there uh and then kind of hung out with him after which was really cool so uh we talked a little bit about uh what his life is like uh, he was a baseball fan i think so i think we talked for like two seconds about the rockies because there's not much to talk about there uh and then it was cool so i that was really fun to meet him but his comedy is awesome uh joey avery that's my recommendation that's a very very high praise and i'm gonna look into it immediately after yeah. <laughs> after the show is over okay this is this is all we've prepared for you guys today it was really cool chatting with with matt and getting to know him uh we're gonna have uh, some more games uh, next week to talk about we'll see who will guest the the next show and i'm trying out something new for the end of the show i'm just gonna end the show with a random uh, Nuggets player from the Jokic era. So until we meet next time, Greg Whittington. <laughs>